And we're live. All three Hoorah. of us are live. Yeah, we're all live. Yeah, John's back. Hey, hey, I'm back from two weeks of cons. Yeah, how was two weeks of cons? I'm good. <laughs> good? Yeah, you yeah. good for cons? Yep. Nope, I'm good. I'm I'm gonna I'll stay home for a bit now. Did you get sick or anything? Uh I mean time will tell from PAX, but I avoided it from uh Indie PopCon. <clears throat> the funny thing is, when I got back, I was like, I'm not sure if I got sick because someone in my group got COVID, so I'm gonna stay masked up just in case. Yeah. And then the next day my wife got sick. With COVID oh, or man. just No, sick? no, with something else. We oh, okay. she she just got like a random day cold. Okay. Well, so let's hear about the shows. How did each one of them go? I saw a Indie lot Pop, of PAX stuff. Yeah. I didn't hear much about the first one, though. Yeah, PAX, I was talking a lot more about. Indie PopCon was fun. Like, it was a uh, well, smaller turnout than they expected. I think the con normally has about twenty to 30,000 people. I think it was a little under that. I'm not sure. But uh, I was there with a bunch of YouTube friends, uh, some, some I'd never met before, and, like, some I've known for a long-ass time. Uh, we ran throwing controllers. We... <laughs> We had a bit of a weird experience with that where uh, we showed up on time for setup and we had nowhere to plug in anything. So uh, we had 30 minutes to get set up for the panel. It normally takes 10 minutes. Uh, it took them 20 minutes to get an extension cord so we could plug in anything. Oh, just like so, power, you mean? Yeah, like literally oh, okay. like there was only there, they said there was only two power bars there. There was only one and that one had all the entire like speaker system and projector system in it. So like and like the mics and stuff. Yeah, sort of like, yeah, yeah, we can't unplug any of this. Oh, okay. Well, it seems like you, you, you got it off the ground, though. Did it, did it go smoothly? Once we got it going, it was smooth. We were late starting because we had issues that we could have ironed out if we had actually been able to run it on time. But, right. yeah, show itself went good. Uh, one of the panels I was supposed to be on got canceled, so I was supposed to have two panels, one about, like, uh, doing streaming for a living, and suddenly I didn't have to do that. So, okay. nice and chill. Otherwise, just... Did some shopping, did some meet and greets. I've never heard of Indie PopCon. Is there anything like unique about that one? Uh, It's a lot like Calgary's Comic Expo, but like on a, it feels like on a smaller scale in a way. Like a lot so of the vendors were artist alleys kind of stuff. There were some like game yeah. vendors. There were a lot of like board game D&D vendors. There's your like video game prop weapon dealer. They had a uh, life-size scale of Appa from Avatar The Last Airbender that you could take pictures on. Nice. Okay. Which was kind of cool. Um, they had a, a rave every night you could go to. It was way too fucking hot okay. in Indianapolis. That sucked. I believe yeah. it. We, okay. we left when like it was like 17 degrees Celsius here in Calgary, and then we got there, and it was like 38 celsius and it it was humid and it was disgusting like i hated being outside i don't hear a lot about indianapolis like ever yeah did you do anything outside of the convention is there anything to do what's to do what do you do in indianapolis not not really like we went to dinner in a couple places we went to a barcade uh i got to play that enter the gungeon like gun game that was neat nice okay okay i don't think i've seen that Except for, like, some reason, like, the gun cords were, like, stupid short, so we couldn't stand far back enough to actually, like, aim at things properly, so it kept cutting out. It was really weird. Hmm. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, Enter the Gungeon, like, House of the Gun Dead or something like that, I think's the name of the game. Okay, that sounds... I, I'll talk about that. I can talk about that in the game section. Sorry. Sure. Yeah, no. Uh, had a good time at any PopCon. Uh, it was a paid gig, too, which was nice. Normally, I don't get 
paid gigs all that often. Nice. But uh, they covered hotel, they covered flight, and they uh, they paid me to be there for an appearance. So it was great. Can't complain about that. Were you so? Were you traveling the whole two weeks, or did you come back for a bit and then go out again? I came back for like two days. My okay. my buddy Gerard was like, "Do you want to just come to my house and like you can just chill here for a couple of days because we're because we're also all going to Seattle." I thought about it, but I was like, I don't want to just like ditch my wife for two days because I'd like. Okay. And also, I figured I was going to stream, and which I did when I got home. So okay, yeah. So pop back and just chilled then. And then, so yeah, Pax. How was Pax? Pax was good, except it started pretty rocky because I missed my flight. Oh man! Oh, okay. Like yeah, from Calgary, you mean? From Calgary, yeah. So it was just one flight to Seattle. But uh, I got there. I did not know that WestJet cut you off of boarding a flight 75 minutes before the flight ended, before the flight left. Mm. Yeah, well, international, aren't you supposed to be there like two hours in a, or three hours in advance? Wait, no. Apparently it's three. I always, thought it was, I always thought it was two. It's two, yeah, because domestic is one. WestJet says it's three. Okay, I have so been I hearing that every now this. and then. I've never actually experienced yeah. that. Paul, you would probably know better than anyone why i don't travel oh but you deal with planes i don't deal with people and passengers so why would i just i, I assumed through osmosis maybe you would i'm sure you know more about planes than anyone i know regardless okay what does that have to do with boarding times <laughs> he's got a point boarding times <laughs> for a plane yeah that doesn't matter what are you okay. even talking about <laughs> Okay. Well, John, what you should have called up Paul and asked him to get you in. You're right. I should. That's what I'm trying to say. That clearly, would have worked just, out great. Just sneak you in, yeah. Just Paul would have been like WestJet. I know a guy. Federal like felonies. Just get John to pack. <laughs> Anyways, what happened yeah. was I tried to get there two hours early, which I figured would be plenty of time. Traffic got us stuck, so we didn't get there till close to hour and a half before the flight left. I saw a giant lineup in international to go to the kiosk. So I figured I'd go to one of those like little booths where you can just check in yourself. Yeah. yeah. So the self check-ins and it wouldn't let me check in for those some things. reason. It kept saying it kept saying like, yeah, you can't check in like you don't have uh, you don't have your ticket checked in. So we can't print out your passes. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I've done this before. Why is it not working? Hmm. Those so, things never work for me if it's an international one, because I'll be putting in my info, which is like, you know, I live in the States, blah, blah, blah. But my passport's Canadian, so they can't do like visa stuff. So, mm. that, so I just ignore them every time because I'm like, I'm going to get like 99% of the way and then it's just going to be like, nope. Weird. Yeah. Yep. So it was weird. It wasn't working. So I, I hopped in the line and yeah. started checking in on my phone and it was working great on my phone. So yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. perfect. Like I'll just check in on my phone. I'll stay in the line for a bit. And then when it's done, I'll slide over to the kiosk, print out like my, my tickets and my tags and I'm fine. And then as I get to the confirm everything button, it throws an error. Right. Oh. You're still in so, line at least, though, so that's your backup, right? I, I slid out of line to go oh. check the kiosk <laughs> oh, because no. I was like, because it, it said you're checked in for your flight. It's just a weird error has happened. Go check in with the kiosk. Oh, no. So I'm like, okay, go check the kiosk. Kiosk says nothing. I can't check in again. I get back in line, uh, and then they call out, hey, any, anyone here for their flight for Seattle? I raise my hand, and they're like, yeah, we got to rebook you. You missed your flight. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's, it's not even five yet. What's going on? It's like, yeah, no, you have to be here 75 minutes beforehand to check in. We can't take your luggage or can't check you in. Like, the fuck you talking about? It's always been 60. It's like, nope, 75. So I told them, so what am I supposed to do? This is a work trip. 
Like, okay, so there's no more flights that we handle out of here right now. You don't understand, there's... ma'am. Those video games are not going to play themselves. No, I had to, like, I had to run the panel and shit. So, like, yeah, that's, no, that's I why I was, like, trying to. <laughs> so, they're like, yeah, well, like, we can't get you in. There is, like, another flight with another airline, but we can't do that here. So, you go call uh, the airline. Go call WestJet helpline. They'll tell you what to do next. So, I get out of the line, call the helpline, explain what happened, and they tell me to get back in the line and talk to the person at the kiosk because they have to call them oh, so yeah. they can get me straightened out. So I get back right. in the line. I wait a half hour. They bring me up to the front. And the girl's like, hang on, let me go talk to my supervisor. Goes, talks to her supervisor, comes back. Hey, yeah, sorry, we're not doing any like ticket rebooking here at this place. So I'm going to have to send you to domestic to get that done. So what? for those who don't know, okay. yeah. They're doing booking at domestic. So the opposite end of the airport. Yeah, it's a so, different terminal completely. Yeah. So I go I have, the opposite end of the airport. I have also seen between Canada and the States, sometimes they'll do it in domestic, which I hate because it's like mm. that. It, that is not how it works. I know they're really no close, but it's like w- words mean things. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I go down to domestic. I tell the lady at the, that, that the line. And she says, get in the line. I wait another <laughs> half hour in line. She, doesn't tell me, she won't let me skip it. Yeah. So... Wait another half hour, get up to the booth, and they say, yeah, there was another flight we could have gotten you on with a different airline, but because you took so long, we couldn't get you in. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no more flights we can get you on today. (laughs) So we're going to book you as like having missed your flight. So tomorrow we'll have to get on another flight at the same time you're supposed to get on today, and you have to pay the full price of $450 Canadian. I'm like, that's unacceptable. I was here on time. Like, look at the cameras if you need to. Like, I was here on time. It wasn't working. So she's like, okay, go call this line. Go talk to them and see if you can work it out. It's the same fucking line I called the first time. Yeah. So I go to another corner of the fucking airport, call the line, tell them everything. They say, there's nothing I can do. You have to pay for a full ticket. I'm like, can I escalate this? This is insane. So they escalate to someone else, tell them everything. They check everything. They check all the times I tried to check in. And yeah. apparently my time on the phone when it kind of booted me out was exactly at 75 minutes before the plane left. So I got locked so out of it So if it didn't then. boot you out, it would have been fine. Yep. Completely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, so, actually, if the kiosk had fucking worked in the first place, you would have been If the kiosk had like fucking worked, it would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was very pissed about that, but she's like, yeah, we can't do anything. The lady even said like, Honestly, your best thing to do is go home, check on Expedia or one of those other sites and our partner sites, see if you can get the flights for cheaper. Because, yes, like there's two flights tomorrow. One's early in the morning, but it's $750 because all we have left is premium. And then the one Holy at the same gosh. time is like $450. So I'm like, this is unacceptable, but I would just, yeah. I'll go figure it out. Went on Expedia, found a slightly earlier flight than the one I would have taken the next day. And, uh, it's like, okay, cool, I got to pay for it. It sucks, but I also miss out on a day of the hotel, which means I save some money. So you only Oh, cost did the hotel give you a bit of money back? The hotel actually let me have the day for free, which was oh, nice. Oh, wow, so, okay. So that was that was a big saving grace there. That's awesome, yeah. So I get to the airport the next day. Reese, like, we're getting you there three hours early. This was stupid. We're making sure you're fine. Yeah. I get to Alaska, and they say, all you got to do is be there 60 minutes before check-in time, and you're fine. So I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. you fuckers, you fuckers, you can't be serious. Yeah. So check-in, uh, go through security, no problem. I was expecting you almost to say, like, oh, you got here too early, sir. Sorry, we can't put you on the I plane. was expecting that too. Legit. I thought I was going to get there, and they weren't going to let me in. I was going to wait an hour. 
No. So it's dumb. It was just completely stupid run around. Okay. When I got well, there, the con itself was great. Like okay. I had a great well, time. That's good. Yeah. That's good. But I missed. Yeah. I missed the first day of the convention. Uh, the second day, I got ready for the show, so like I didn't go to the show floor. Throne controllers went great, except I lost my voice halfway through it. So mm. like my voice was like straining to do like the rest of the hosting duties, and then we did a two and a half hour meet and greet after that. Mm. So yeah. we did that. And then uh, I had no voice for day three, but I got to at least see one of the show floors. And then on day four, I got to see the other because uh, they got a new building now. I heard so about that. Yeah. The new Seattle okay. Convention Center is very nice, cool. but it doesn't hold all the entire convention. They're still in the old building and the new one. It's just that they're like two blocks apart now. Oh, no, I didn't know it was that far. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and apparently one third of the old building or half the old building was Nintendo's now. They were doing their Nintendo Live event. Right. But that was, you had to buy a separate ticket for that. And I think it was a lottery too. So I didn't get into that. And that's where like all the Nintendo, that's where the Mario Wonder demo was. So I never got to try that out. Okay. Yeah. I got like a, an press invite to go check out the new building just mm. that and i was just the building was, just because it's brand new they're like come check out the new building and all i could think was like why no <laughs> <laughs> like i no thank you not that i was going anyways but like why would i want to do come see the new building i don't know it's a, it a nice building though that's great i'm sure it's fine as far as building goes yeah, so that was that was my PAX experience, and now I'm home, and I hope I don't have. Well, I know I have to go somewhere in a month, but you get a month for to cons. All right, well, we're gonna get into what you played shortly, but Paul, you you went and saw Ninja Turtles, or you rented Ninja Turtles, or something? Yeah, so I saw Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Which I thing? mean that movie. That movie is incredible. It's one. It's of the best so good, right? This year. Yeah. Yeah. Of Holy smokes, yeah. it's so good. It's very very good. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to hear some of your thoughts. We don't have a movie um, podcast anymore, so. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think the thing I like is that it really felt like if I was, what, my experience as a kid when Ninja Turtles was on TV in the late 80s, early 90s, like, it would have been the same feeling if I was a kid now watching this, like, it just for, like, this generation. It had the same kind of corny jokes and, like, writing and stuff, but it was very sincere in all of it and uh, i thought there's a ton of heart and whoever the kids are that did the um voice acting i thought did fantastically and uh i think the thing i really like too is that there's just a whole bunch of like the old like ninja turtles villains and weirdos that you never hear because they always fucking do shredder like every single time and bebop and rocksteady and yeah they're in here too but like wing nuts in this like what <laughs> why <laughs> leatherhead mondo Ge- uh gecko and like all yep, that he's great it's so we- yeah it's crazy it's so weird and it's great yeah it's absolutely great uh, uh yeah my, my, my favorite only, part like, is mm-hmm. just how how exactly they are like teen boys like something serious is going yeah. on and they're in the background just like play fighting or just being complete idiots in the scenario and it's like this is exactly what these guys would be doing or they're like Leonardo oh so yeah, you've seen Nardo. it too John? I have seen the movie yes oh yeah I yeah. want to hear your thoughts too I didn't know you'd seen it I liked it a lot it yeah. was really good yeah. my only complaint is I did not like Donatello's voice I think they made him a little too kiddish sounding that's my like only yeah. real complaint he, he does sound really young compared to the others but I I've, I've still yeah. thought he did pretty okay I was okay with it yeah yeah <laughs> 
ton of yeah, the, ton of heart. The fact um, that they're like kids is great. Splinter like, with their like Chris party that was weird and good. <laughs> the take on Splinter was very very good, where he was just like kind of just an overprotective dad, and the reason that they like know they're ninjas anyways is because like he just learned like karate essentially from he watched yeah. like billy blanks kind of era videos yeah yeah like very early 90s like karate type stuff and ninja type Martial stuff and art taught movies. it and taught it to them or whatever yeah it was very cool i really like the take on the ninja turtles very fun movie um i i also so i went and saw um just in terms of like movies that i loved this year i went and saw bottoms this weekend uh, oh okay yeah can't recommend that enough it's fucking hilarious so really people are looking for okay. yeah i really enjoyed bottoms um right now it's like it's like spider-verse ninja turtles bottoms for like my three favorite movies of the year damn so, you want to go see sure. some good movies there's three right there saw 10 at the end of the month baby yeah I'm, yeah I'm same, same weekend as a uh, paw patrol so yep. saw, patrol. saw patrol <laughs> yeah gotta do that saw patrol double feature Oh, that's so stupid. Are you ready for like two years of movie companies trying to do like double feature name things like that? Oh, yeah. That's it's going to be terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right, let's, let's do a podcast because this is the Top Down Perspective and it's September 7th and I'm Sean Booker. I'm Paul Fleck. John Wheeler. Uh, Paul, did you play anything? Yeah, I don't know. I I saw some of you guys have you guys have been playing some of them. I'll just like talk with you about it. I don't want to bring okay. anything up myself. All right. Well, John, you got a bunch here. Let's talk about some stuff. All right. Uh, on my Indie Land trip, or sorry, Indie Land, uh, Indie Popcon trip, I got to try out that new House of the Dead. Sorry, House. Enter the Gungeon. <laughs> House yeah. of the Gun Dead. Yes. Video game that took a lot of tries. Uh, so it's a light gun game <laughs> done in a in like. House of the Dead style, but it's Enter the Gungeon. So like every enemy is like a bullet or like a gun. You get weird random guns and it's actually like super really nicely well done. It's super cool. But uh, they, the way they av- you do avoid taking damage is really interesting. They make random targets appear around the border of the screen and you have to like shoot them in order to kind of like if you shoot them in time, you do a dodge. Because you obviously can't do a dodge oh. normally otherwise because it's a light gun game. Yeah. But sure. the way they do it, uh, this is the thing I was complaining about. The cords that they use for the guns, they're like Sindan light guns or something like that. They're really good guns, but the cord is so short, you kind of don't see all of the targets in your peripheral vision. I was playing it two player and I wouldn't notice some of the targets that were on his side, like on my, my friend's side and some that were on mine because it was just like I was too close to the screen at all times. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm assuming so that's that just has- to like prevent people from fucking around with the arcade gun too far away. Yeah. And breaking something. Yeah. But it was, it did <clears throat> hinder the game a little bit. Yeah. Otherwise, like the game's fun. It's weird juggling all the weird ass guns you get from the game because it's just like, oh, what's this gun do? Okay. Well, I've got Robocop's gun. It shoots like sets of three. Unfortunately, it takes four shots to break this target. So now I have to like, if I didn't get there fast enough, I've just automatically lost this. You can swap between your guns. Like, there's a bunch of buttons on the controller. There's a bomb you can fire, which just gives you an instant evade and does damage to your opponent. Okay. Like, it, it was just like, it was like a fun light gun game. Like, it was pretty solid. Cool. Uh, on my flight to PAX, I brought my Steam Deck and I played a game called Prison City, 
which came out last week. This is a retro-inspired game that plays a lot like Power Blade, if you're familiar with that. Or, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Sure. It's uh, themed akin to like the Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. movies. Like you're like a, a grizzled like vet slash criminal who has to like go in to like this prison city, which is D- Detroit, because of course it's Detroit, and you <laughs> yeah, have sure. to like take down all these bad guys and all their like their robots and like stop this like uprising of a terrorist group. It's uh, I only played a couple stages in. It was really fun. I enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, it is difficult though, but I mean, considering what it's based off of, that's not shocking. It's retroware. It's okay, cool. It, yeah, it's retroware. So yeah, nice. They've done some good stuff. It's fun. If you if you enjoy it, enjoy retro games. Definitely check that out. Packs. I only got to the show floors on day three and four. Uh, I didn't try anything at all on day three, and I was worried I wasn't going to try anything on day four. But I ended up trying out a couple games on day four, anyways. Uh, I wish I'd known that Rugrats game was playable because I would have played that on day three because that oh, looked interesting. Okay. Yeah, they had they had it at Limited Runs booth. I didn't realize it. Uh, I played Big Boy Boxing, which is basically a, an indie punch out game. But the way it works is that's more like a roguelike in that you take three hits and then you're done. There's no health bar otherwise. Like the fight just ends when you take the three hits. Okay. Uh, everyone's like super well animated, super expressive. There's tons of like hidden ways of like taking out enemies and stuff like that. There's a path to where you can get like special abilities. Like uh, there's one mode where it's just like, okay, like you beat this guy and now do you want to pick like another HP point for this next round or do you want to have like you do more damage with like your right hook specifically? Little things like that. It's like some some roguelite elements. But uh, they just had like a challenge mode basically where you <laughs> took on an enemy and just like did certain hits. You're watching the trailer, aren't you? One of your opponents was three kids in a trench coat. (laughs) Yep. And you knock each kid out as the health bar shrinks and they start attacking you from the side of the map. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. this is very cool. There's a lot of character in this. It was very entertaining to play. Uh, I also got to play the new Prince of Persia, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Nice. Okay. This is really, really good. It looks good, yeah. Yeah, Good. like the, the the movement in the game was insanely fluid. Like you had slides, midair dashes, double jumps, like the grabbing bars, wall jumping. It just felt so good to play and jump around in. It was good. The combat felt solid. There's juggling. There's like super moves. There's projectiles. There's parrying. It just felt really, really satisfying to play and just move around. And that game is going to be great when that comes out. I'm so yeah, think, excited to play. I think more we that. looked that up last week, January. I think it's coming out. Was that right? Sounds that's right. Sound right. Yeah, I want to say we saw something like that, January sometime. I don't remember why we were talking about Prince of Persia last week. Oh, um, because the remake. Because oh, Beyond Good and Evil Two. That's why we were talking about it. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, excellent, excellent game. Can't wait for that full thing to come out. Uh, on the way back, I was given a code for early access to Gunbrella. So, okay, I because Gunbrella is not out till next week, so I have been playing that a bit in my spare time. Gunbrella is uh, cool. I've played it at a few preview events. Yeah, it's fun. I did not like that there was no way to swap between the D-pad and the stick. I don't like using the stick for moving in 2D games. Same. Thankfully, yep. the Steam Deck lets you do that. So I swapped the controls around. And I'm enjoying it way more. Unfortunately, uh, the code they gave me was for a beta version and uh, a day into playing it, it deleted my save because it went to the full version. So I have to start again Um, from scratch. Okay. Bummer. Which was kind of a bummer, but still enjoyed it. 
That one's going to be another fun one, too, when that comes out next week. Uh, the movement in that game, also surprisingly fluid, because yeah. you can just kind of midair dash everywhere. The, the umbrella itself just has so many nice movements. Yeah, midair dash, wall jumping, glide, bouncing on spikes. The different ammo types are cool because, like, you get, like, a, a submachine gun ammo. You get, like, grenades you can shoot out of it. You can add extra health to your... Uh, your bar by like eating food you can find hidden areas and stuff like that it's just it's the guys that did gato robato and that game was a lot of fun so it's just yep. a more it looks like a, a much bigger scale game and it's real good i'm excited for gumbrella i feel like that thing has been coming out forever like it's been yeah. so long yeah yeah True. they only announced the release date like a couple weeks ago too i think it's very very recent they announced yeah, the maybe. release date yeah and the last thing I played, which was what I was playing before I ran out some errands and some meetups today, uh, Void Stranger. This is one so, of my favorite games this week. This game is incredible. This game yeah. is made by the team that did Zero Ranger, uh, which was an amazing, like, super out there shmup that came out a couple years ago. I picked that uh, up this week, too. To you will love Zero. If you can get through I the did, shmup parts, it. you will love Zero Ranger. Yeah. I played it already. Uh, the shmup parts are amazing, but it is incredibly hard on a first playthrough it's really hard to sight read i will yeah. say but yeah and then once you figure cool. shit out like it gets wild oh it's so good <laughs> yeah yeah but uh void stranger is uh i think sokoban is the term of this kind of gameplay it's like yep. where you like move boxes and and stuff around to get through stages yeah so it's like a grid-based movement you like you move up down left right so it's like uh, a puzzle game it is a puzzle yes yes it starts as a puzzle game and then it just kind of goes from there i am i'm only 30 floors in okay i got paul so i'm very early paul i yeah, got yeah, to yeah. the first <laughs> i got to the first big tree you find and then it turned off my game when i got there i love so it because like, you like you know that like there's something going on it's like you can't say what happened <laughs> yeah because i like I, I made the mistake of like wow i can't i don't know how this like mechanic works with with the with the wand so i just jumped into a pit and killed myself off in the first room Oh, and yeah. then when like the dialogue box comes up, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this just yet. And I took. Oh, I did took, you? I didn't. I did not. I took the I okay. I said no. And they kicked me out of the game and forced me to reboot the game and start fresh again. Yeah, the game does that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that I, when I went to the trees, like, yeah, take it. Take a nap. And they just literally shut off the game on my Steam Deck. I'm like, OK, oh, all right. So you haven't re you haven't like reopened it since I have not reopened the game since oh, taking the nap, which tells me it's going to be incredible when I do. You got to. Yeah, you got to reopen that game. Fuck I know I'm going to play about? it later. Night. <laughs> so this this puzzle game forever to say like Zero Ranger team and I guess now the the Void Stranger team does some weird, weird existential shit with their games akin to maybe like what Undertale kind of did. Yes, similar in yeah, a lot of ways. But like I'd say a lot darker in some ways. At least that's <laughs> yeah. the, the impression I get. <laughs> yeah. Zero Ranger definitely did. Uh, So yeah, like I, I know the second I turn that game on, some weird fucking shit's going to happen. And I'm, I'm all fucking hyped for it. But otherwise, it is one of those games where, like, the main mechanic is you get this wand, which lets you pick up dirt or, like, dirt blocks and place them in empty spaces. You only pick up yeah. one at a time currently. I don't know if that changes. Uh, but it's grid-based movement, and you have to keep in mind the way you're moving when you want to put down things. Like, if you move to the right, you can't put anything up because you're not facing up. 
So you have to learn yeah. how to like position your way around the board to like keep that in mind. So I would have to put like a dirt piece below me by putting one down in an area where I could actually point there and just kind of move position around. Yeah. I learned you could move the stairwell around too, which I thought was interesting. You know when I learned that? Floor yeah. 170. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I was a I late wanna, bloomer. Yeah, I want to ask this, Paul, but I don't know if this is a spoiler. What are the crystals I keep finding? Are that's they a checkpoints? What a, that's a that, spoiler. It's 100% a spoiler to the point where the game doesn't tell you shit until they're like, hey, maybe you want to try doing this in front of this thing at this point in time. And then I'm like, what the fuck? That's what that is? Like the whole time. Yeah, this game's incredible. It actually reminds me of um, like when Fez came out. But like, unfortunately, this doesn't have a huge community of everybody talking about the secrets. But like, yeah, it does some really cool things that it obviously wants you to play through it at least once. Learn the secrets of it and then play through it again like for realsies that you can like under kind of understand the screen better because as you've seen at the very beginning you can like go up to like the wall and there's like an inscription thing and it's like i don't know how to use this and like i still don't know how to use that for reference <laughs> um but like i'm sure at some point i'm going to learn and then replaying that game is going to be like okay, now I want to do this every time I get to this thing to see what happens. Like, it'll unfold itself, I think. Yeah, as I'm playing through, I'm like, there's no way to get to that side of the map right now. What is that going to mean for later? Like, why yeah. Why? Why is this? There's clearly a pathway here, but it's blocked off by something. I don't know how to interact with it. Like, there's a bunch yep. of things that are just like, remember this for later. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm so excited to play more of this. I really want to see what the fuck happens when I boot that game back up. I love it. It's incredibly difficult. It got to the point where every like some rooms I at this point now I'll get in like a minute. Like it's like, yeah, I see the solution. Fine. Some rooms I'm there for two hours. Just like, what the fuck do you want me to do with this? Like, I don't get it. It's awesome. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's, it's just a fun, fun puzzle game that just likes to do some wild like mind fuckery. Yeah, cool. I'll also describe it without just spoiling shit. Yeah, I highly yep. recommend it. It came out like it came out this past weekend. So in between the biggest games of the year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I've had some I've seen some people saying this is probably like a stealth game of the year for them. So like, like this there's is some high praise for this. This is easily my top on my top 10 somewhere already. Damn. And I don't know where. Damn. It's incredible. On this fucking stacked year, too. Oh, speaking of fucking played Armor Core 6 finally. Oh, okay. Me too. Yeah, Hell yeah. That shit's fucking great. That shit's fucking great. <clears throat> it's so good. <laughs> it. I found it very incredibly difficult. And then I started looking stuff up online and people were like, yeah. no, if you use shotgun, it's actually the easiest game in the world. And then I just like wanted to throw my computer out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, fuck me, I guess. I guess everybody else just used shotguns and this game's easy, but not me. <laughs> oh, well. No, I the, the second I, I booted up on stream, that's why I didn't think to write on the list. And I was just like, I was just going like, yeah, yeah. I was having a great time. I'm so pumped to play through that some more. It's very I've, I've had like a streak of like months of like every game that's been coming. I'm like, yeah, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. And finally, shit I care about is actually clicking with me. I'm like, this is great. This is finally yeah. what I feel like I've been missing for the rest of the year. I'm set finally. Yep. It's all I've been playing. 
Nice. Okay. Um, hey, I've been playing Starfield. I, pl- I played the big game. Well, okay. I'm not feeling Starfield, so we're going to have a discussion about it, I think. So, yeah, I have I started it the other day and played it for a couple hours, so I'm not far in either. Okay. Uh, my gain game time says, like, 11 hours. I don't know if that's true. I don't feel like I've played 11 hours, but maybe I'm having so much fun. Who's to say? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying Starfield. Hmm? What was that, John? I said maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying Starfield. This It is a Bethesda game. It like yep. if you've played Fallout, it's it plays exactly like Fallout, except there's no vats. I guess that's kind of the big one difference there. Um, sure, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I keep hearing over and over again, everyone is like, rush through the campaign, then play New Game Plus because I guess they gate a lot of like mechanics and stuff into New Game Plus uh, in a way they haven't really a lot <laughs> in a way that okay. they haven't really done before. Like, there's a hmm. lot there. I don't know if I'm going to play this game twice because I don't do that. So I'm not rushing my way through the campaign. I haven't also looked up what they've gated, but I can't imagine it's going to be anything that will really change my mind. So I'm kind of doing a mix of story and I'm I'm doing basically whatever I want. Um, Yeah. And yeah, no, I'm I'm having a good time. I think it looks really good. Um, It does. I do definitely think it is one of like the least buggy Bethesda games I have played for sure. Um I think like maybe just a bit of stuttering I've gotten it. And that's usually when I'm just kind of lo- like just getting into a new area. It might stutter for a second and then it's nice and smooth again. But I haven't had like any crashes. I-, I haven't had people like going through walls and stuff. I've definitely heard other people having bugs, but yeah. I've been lucky so far. So my experience has been pretty good. The encumbered sucks. I am always at yeah. like 95% encumbered and I understand everyone's complaining about this and the like upgrade for getting more is not worth it because you get such a little bit of upgrade when you do that, mm. that it's just not. So I'm here to tell you, use your companions as walking lockers. That's the only way to do it. Um, yeah, that was yep. mind blowing to me when I was like, oh, I can just throw all my shit on this robot. OK, this is fun again. <laughs> I also don't even think it's worth like picking stuff up just to be like oh i could sell this for quite a bit later you're gonna get so much money from finishing missions and stuff and finding them off dead bodies like do not worry about needing to sell things honestly only pick something up if it is like better than what you have so that you can drop what you have that's kind of how i've been going about it Um, that makes sense so i'm not super far in the story either because i was i have been doing a bunch of the side stuff i'm pretty far into like you can join the the UC Vanguard, which is kind of like the military faction from the beginning. I did a bunch with them so far, and I'm like still not done their never ending side quest. Um, who have I been using as a companion? Or here, Paul, where are you at? Because you've only played a little bit. Um, I did like a full, not maybe a full planet, but they tell you to go to a place as like your first mission when you get your ship or whatever. Um. Like the, I'm like guessing the, the, the home the base mission, planet you mean, which I am blanking like, on the name. now. The game starts with you like being a miner or something. Yeah. You find a thing and then you're told, hey, you should go to this place and like join constellation. No, before that, there's like they tell you to go to like a. Uh, a like factory or something, I can't remember. There's a planet they tell you to go to and then constellation is like after that or whatever. I'm guessing it's probably part of the tutorial on how to like go to a different planet or whatever. Anyways, okay. regardless, I I did a bunch of stuff on this planet and then I went to like the main city and uh 
met the constellation people who I don't currently like very much. I think they're hoity toity in a way I don't agree with. And that's kind of where I left it off. So I'm about two hours, a little less than two hours in. Okay. And you said you're not feeling this game. No, not at all. Mainly because for how much they said how open it is, I find myself all the time in menus fast traveling or doing stuff by holding X. And that sucks. Yeah, it is. It is very much a fast travel game to the point where I don't really spend much time with my ship. And you can I don't like you, that. You can you can you can go out there and you can do dogfights and stuff. But if you're just going from place to place to do the missions, there's no real reason to like ever spend time in your ship. You can fast travel everywhere. Uh, which is kind of nice for me because that's more of my interest is is doing these missions. So I'm fine with that part. But yeah, it, I I think someone did prove you can like fly from planet to planet. It, is it was Alana Pierce. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she spent seven hours traveling from one planet to another only to find that the game didn't load it properly because they expect you're going to be using the fast travel right. as their loading time. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so I was gonna say like it is technically kind of possible, but they you really don't want to do that. You just want to fast travel around. Um, and I think the bummer for me is that I thought No Man's Sky that's like the thing they did well, no. and I was kind of wanting that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is definitely like exploration. You're going to like yeah. do exploring. This is I think the best parts here is I, I'm enjoying the stories. I think the writing is good. So I think you just stick to the missions. You fast travel between them. Um, I think the combat is like the best they've had for shooters. I, I really like the uh, feel of the guns actually quite a bit. I'm a big fan of the shooting weirdly because I, I'm, I like vats. And so I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel just like Beth as a shooting always kind of sucks. Uh, but I thought it was pretty good in this. I like it. Yeah, I don't think it's like great. Like it's not going to no. like, yeah, it's not going to go on a list of like best shooters, but I just think it's some of their best shooting they've done. Yeah, um, for sure. So I don't know. I, I, I Some of the side quit missions I've been doing are pretty enjoyable. If you get one called Mantis, which you can pick up pretty early on, but the the enemy levels are a little high. I did it when I was around level 12. Okay. Um, and even though everyone I was fighting was like level 20 to 30, uh, it was still fine. It seems like the enemy levels don't really matter. So I'm, I don't even know why you would level, give them levels then. But anyways, um, yeah. that one is pretty enjoyable and you get some really cool, uh, rewards for doing it. So uh, if, if anyone's listening, do the Mantis side quest for sure. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, I'm going to keep playing it because I need to experience more of it. Also just. I think I just don't like the way that these games do conversation stuff anymore. I don't like the like camera being just going on to like a person's face and then them like having some weird janky like turning to another person in the room. Yep. Sometimes it's all there. I just it don't is, like it that. is a Bethesda game. It's like, that. Yeah. I just don't like Bethesda. it. Um, and the exploration stuff kind of not being great, at least now, maybe that gets way better in the end because I, uh, I also have heard. You just want to mainline that story and then like the game completely opens up. I don't know. I also don't know that I'm going to be doing that because there's a lot of shit coming out this year. Uh, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I will say I, maybe I'm one of the lucky ones or I just haven't experienced it yet. This runs flawlessly on my PC. No issue at all. Uh, yeah. so, I've been hearing a lot of complaints about PC version. A lot. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of specifically, it seems like people with 6600 K cards like there's 
I don't know what it is or CPUs. I don't know what it is, but they're having troubles with something. There's like a Reddit thread where you can download a program to like fix the stutter. So if that if you're playing Starfield on PC, uh, maybe I can like find it and we can put in the show notes or something because it might be worth like checking out or I'll tweet it out or something because apparently it's worked for like an incredible amount of people. Uh, but I have also heard the PC version has been pissing off a lot of people, and I haven't had any issue yet. Thank God. I'm I've just been playing on the Series X, so it's been fine for me over there. Um, I do think it's it's funny, like with Baldur's Gate three coming out kind of so close to it, and that doing like conversations and and story so well. Uh, it kind of shot Starfield a little bit in the foot, but I mean that's like yeah. So. I will admit the first 10 minutes I was like, oh, this is actual trash because I had to get my mindset off of just like, yeah, but Baldur's Gate is incredible. So like that writing is like bar none, some of the best of the year, maybe of all time. And those characters and the voice acting is incredible the whole way through for like 100 hours. Like it's unrealistic that this was ever going to be that. But it's it's jarring going from that to like, yep, Bethesda. (laughs) It's jarring. I had to get my mindset out of that. Uh, I'm I'm still planning to play a whole bunch of it. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, as someone who like didn't really ever get hooked on the fallouts I was playing, this might be my favorite Bethesda game. But you know that's just me. So. The Elder Scrolls games, neither. I got really into Skyrim. Like crazy yeah, they didn't they Skyrim. didn't hook me for whatever reason. I don't know what it was. Oh, okay. Maybe wrong place, wrong time, or whatever. Sure. <clears throat> and then I've just yeah. never cared for Vats. Yeah, I loved Vats, but I know I'm an outlier, I think, in that. Uh, so, yeah, so this is this is working for me pretty well. So I'll, I'm sure I'll see it through. Um, cool. And, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'll probably talk about it more next week. Um, other than yeah. that, I also, getting ready for Mortal Kombat 1, I finally played through Mortal Kombat 11's Aftermath DLC. Now, okay. I heard that ending is not satisfying. Oh, I liked it. I mean, I don't care. Um, mainly I was just going to say like they do these story modes so well and it just got me like super jazzed and excited for Mortal Kombat 1 because they just do such a good job with again like I don't have a super attachment to these characters but just their presentation and the writing I think is pretty enjoyable in in how silly it is like we you know they obviously have to come up with reasons to get everyone to fight um but yeah, I liked it. Sindel was cool to use. They put spawn in there. I just like I downloaded like the ultimate pack. So they gave me like everyone in 11 plus the aftermath. <clears throat> nice uh, DLC. And it was funny in, in the uh, in the final boss fight. I don't know if this happens for everyone or if it's like kind of random, but the enemy they she turned into um, spawn during the fight, which I thought was goofy, <laughs> but like, sure. Um and I'm assuming she just turns into like anyone and I just randomly got spawned, but that was fun. Anyways, yeah, that I just those story modes are so enjoyable and that comes out in like two weeks or so. So I'm looking forward to more. I'll come out one. Cool. All right, let's do yep. some news. First off, E3 2024. It's already in turmoil. <laughs> Thought it was canceled. What's going Some on? Some of you've heard this one before. Okay, so read pop is the one that came in to try and do E3 2023. And then they were just like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Repop also does packs. They do a bunch of different conventions around the States. Yeah. 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 Repop has parted ways with the ESA over E3. 
The ESA has not canceled plans for a 2024 event, but if there is one, it's not going to be at the Los Angeles Convention Center, so that's not a good sign. Um, And apparently they're working on a complete overhaul for 2025. I have no idea what the 2024 one's going to be. 25 overhaul makes perfect sense. Sure. 24. Uh-huh. Like if it's not like, are they just like, what are their options here? Find a different convention center. Try and make a big deal about it. That doesn't sound great. Do an online thing. That doesn't sound great. It seems to me like they're going to try and get this off the ground. And the exact same thing with 2023 is going to happen where no one's going to care. So they're going to have to cancel it and then try again for 2025. I don't know. I think it's done. Yeah. Yeah, it read pops like one of the biggest just in general for this sort of thing. So it doesn't bode well if they're like, you know what? Fuck them. We're not working. With I mean, those they didn't guys. even get like, they, did, they couldn't even do one. I know. Like they came in in some weird failed to do one pieced yeah. out. That is not a good look. No, it's really bad. It's incredibly bad because I'm sure they've worked with like difficult or like kind of shitty people or partners before and everything else goes off fine <laughs> so what the hell happened here yeah i th- like do you think it's fair to use the phrase beating a dead horse at this point it's getting there it's this horse has there. been dead for a while i think yeah that's what i'm saying like are, are, <laughs> yeah. are we beating a dead horse at this point to get this back up like beating the rem- the skeletal remains yeah yeah i I just, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like everyone has kind of moved on to their own thing. Keely has a summer game fest. Yeah. Like, as as E3 continues to, you know, not have a foothold, everyone is getting more used to the new stuff. So it's going to be harder to, like, break them off of that and bring them back into E3. Like, I feel like the ship has sailed. But, yeah, who knows? Agreed. We got some Switch 2 reports coming out of Eurogamer and Video Games Chronicle. Uh, Eurogamer is saying that the Switch 2, you know, unofficial title, uh, was getting shown off uh, to developers at Gamescom uh, this last August. Uh, Specifically, the demo was a souped-up version of Breath of the Wild with, like, better specs, better frame rate, better uh, resolution, as well as that Unreal Engine 5 Matrix demo that they put out, (laughs) what was that, two years ago on PS5 and Xbox? That was also shown on the Switch 2. Okay, cool. Awesome. (laughs) So uh, it's going to have DLSS support. Right. You know, that which the, the Unreal Engine demo shows. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's not really much information here. Uh, these are just reports, so take it with a bit of a grain of salt, but I feel like they wouldn't have reported it without it. Guess. I guess it's happening. It's going to be next year, right, guys? Has to be, right? Um. Yeah, I think that's what everybody's kind of saying, is next that year. they're yeah. pretty sure it'll probably be next year. It's probably what, like November? Like it's probably Black Friday era? I would think so. The Yeah, closer to the end of the year, probably. It would have to be before Black Friday. Everything comes out before Black Friday. Mm. So I would assume like, yeah, October or first week of November at the latest. Because I think the consoles, mm. I think PlayStation 5 and Xbox were the first week of November. That sounds right. Yeah. 
But then again, you know, Nintendo launched the Switch like in April. They could do that. Then yeah, they, they announced the, they officially announced the Switch like a month or two before it even came out. So they could just do that again. That'd be great. Was it only that much lead in? It was pretty. I think it was like six weeks. I think so. Yeah, it was quick. But don't quote me on that. I don't fully remember and have the info up in front of me. But hey, speaking of Zelda, uh, the, the team behind them came out and said that there's not going to be any DLC for Tears of the Kingdom. Good. It's too much yeah. fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm with you. Good. Okay. Part of me wonders, did they just like, because all the kind of DLC stuff from the first game is basically in Tears of the Kingdom. So did they just like put all of their ideas into this and they were like, we don't have anything left. To, to well, do. this was supposed to be DLC for Breath of the Wild, so. Was it? Yeah, it was originally planned to be DLC for Breath of the Wild, and then they realized oh, okay. they just wanted to up the scope, and they just made it a full-blown. Yeah, because they upped it a lot then. I couldn't imagine this ever being just DLC. Uh, anyways, makes enough sense. I'm kind of surprised, because Nintendo's been kind of doing, like, at least one thing of DLC for, like, all their games lately, but... I'm with you. That game is huge. I'm not done it yet, so I don't I don't need more Zelda right now. I think the Pokemon DLC comes out soon. I do not have time for that. Yeah. Um, wonders in a month. Yeah, everything's yep. in a month. <laughs> um, yep. Final Fantasy 16 is, however, getting DLC, which originally they had come out and said, no, we're not doing DLC. But I guess it's sold well enough that it's going to get two bits of DLC. It even got some free DLC recently that were just like character skins and, and weapon skin kind of stuff. But it's getting story based DLC. And they've said that they are well on their way on a PC version before the end of the year. That's great. Good for them. That's great. I'll probably play some DLC for this. For sure. I enjoyed my time with that game. I could I could go for more of it for sure. Uh, they're turning Stray into an animated movie. Cool. That world is neat. They could tell us some cool stories in it. Yeah, I think this makes sense. First off, animated movie. It pretty. It basically was an animated movie. Um, yep. You know, and yeah, I agree with you, Paul. The The world was like the best part. Hanging out with the robots was like the best part. And then the, the not great part was when you had to kind of play it. And if they're going to take that out... This seems like the best version of Stray, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Especially because, like, the world of Stray, we kind of play are playing after, obviously, a lot of big events happened <laughs> to get to that point. So, like, a lot of this show could even just be the, like, lead up to what no, Stray No, I, I, I don't think they should answer any of those. I think it should... I think you could do literally the exact same story from Stray. So you have all these, like, just questions and wonder... Yeah, just stray again. But you take out all of like the stealth sections where you get like a taser gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, all it's those true. great things that made it game of the year uh, worthy, right? Yep. Um, yeah, this is with Annapurna Animation, which makes sense. It was published by Annapurna Interactive. So, you know, one hand shakes the other. See how that works? Um, mm hmm. I think this could be cool, and I think someone in our Discord they really pointed it out. Uh, just wait until this gets like best adaptation at the Game Awards. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Alone in the Dark. Originally, it was supposed to be coming out in October. It has been pushed to January sixteenth, specifically because October is too busy. It is That's funny a fair that reason. they say that. 
Just I mean, can you blame up. them? Yeah. Like, it. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because I like Halloween games. Like, I like horror games for Halloween, so it sucks. But yeah, I mean, of course. They're not going to make any money if they're between some of the biggest games of the year. Yeah, I think they're looking at October and they're going, we're not at the top of anyone's list. Let's be honest. We're like maybe second, probably third based on what's coming out in October. If we push it, we might get first on the top of someone's list. And I think that's yeah, maybe. But their game's also probably like six to eight hours long where the others are like 30. So people could weekend push probably through Alone in the Dark if they cared. I'm I'm going under the assumption the average consumer can't buy every game in October. The average consumer is not going to buy Alone in the Dark. This exactly. is for people that just in general ever because they don't care about it. Yeah, there's a group of people that do. It's not the general consumer. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all for games coming out of October because, as we said, there's too many games coming out in October. There's so. too many of them. Yeah, absolutely, too many. And September, like, it's just, yeah. All right, and in other news, the SAG-AFTRA union that is currently striking over movie and television rights, uh, generally a lot of it is being about AI and streaming residuals, and there's a whole bunch. I'm sure you've you've heard about it before. They are now looking to authorize a vote and a strike in the video game industry for a lot of the performance captures and voice actors. Under a lot of the same things. So mm-hmm. they're looking at AI, they're looking at, you know, being replaced by, you know, making a digital capture of themselves, stuff like this. And this is going to be going up against a lot of the major publishers. There's a list of them here. Activision, it says Activision Productions, which I'm not exactly sure what part that is of Activision or what that encompasses. Hmm. Um, they have Blind Light LLC, which I understand is like an effects house. Disney character voices, electronic arts productions, Epic Games. I don't know what Formosa Interactive is. Insomniac Games is there. Take-Two Productions. VoiceWorks. I'm assuming that's a voiceover company. (laughs) And WB Games is in here. Uh, Obviously, it hasn't started yet, or you would have heard about it, but they're just kind of bringing it forward now. I would be surprised if this didn't happen considering all the other strikes going on. Um, I'm sure that is fueling a lot of these people to do it. And as more and more AI stuff comes up, now's the time to get those contracts fixed and locked in place before capitalism continues to screw over the working man. (laughs) So we'll see, we'll see how it goes and if it delays any games or how that works. Uh, Makes me think of when um, Lance Reddick just got replaced by Keith David in Destiny, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was great that they didn't make like an AI version of Lance Reddick because <laughs> that would have been messed up. Yeah. 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 But you know, someone wanted to do it. You, you know it, right? Someone in a suit. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, probably. I would assume story will continue i'm sure we'll talk about it when more concrete stuff happens let's do some questions top down perspective at gmail.com is the email address at tdp podcast uh, on twitter the discord channel or john's p.o box are great ways to send your questions in you can sound like a hive a who writes 
a lot. You happen to come across knowledge regarding some future events. Specifically, you now know two winning lottery numbers and what occurs because both are claimed. One winner uses their money to open a chain of restaurants. Food is good, prices are fair, workers are taken care of, but this causes a series of events that, years later, culminates in <laughs> famine for the entire country? Ah, uh, yes, the McDonald's effect. I know it okay. well. <laughs> the second winner spends their life in lavishness and indulgence, generally being a jerk to others, and starts a second chain of events that causes hundreds of thousands <laughs> of people to die in the coming years. All right, well, okay. However, this horrible outcome is seen by a powerful armada of space conquerors that now decide not to invade. Wait. Oh, jeez. Okay. They fly past, okay. sparing the human race from war and centuries of slavery. How will you apply this knowledge going forward? Take the winning lottery ticket money and use it myself. Yeah, like... You know the numbers, which means you know when they win. Fucking pick them, use it, like use the yeah. money from the second guy to not be a piece of shit and build like a space fighting armada. Oh well, no, the monkey paw though. You are that guy now. Oh shit. <laughs> well, so but I think in the second scenario, you have to like you have to let that guy do it. Otherwise, I have to let that guy literally commit genocide to prevent genocide it's isn't it this is the trolley car like yeah. scenario right i don't know man like hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> versus the entire human race for centuries like yeah i, I mean just based on the numbers, like I would go with the first one, I guess, because the entire human race for centuries is a lot more than famine for a country. Well, no, I, I, I don't think I don't think they're specifically asking, like, which one nope. do you go for? It's both of these things yeah. are going to happen. You yeah, know yeah, about it beforehand. Which one do you? I mean, yeah, the only way you can win then is by literally taking the lottery numbers first. Like. Yeah, like somehow you have to intercept this, right? Like, do you kill these two people? Well, I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> the fan, like the famine one, you could easily stop. I feel the genocide one is tricky because that's the whole point of it. Is just like, okay, you have an even worse genocide happen if you don't let these people die. So, like Sean's right, yeah. it's a trolley problem. Yeah, like, like is is there any world where you don't just like? pop the guy who is gonna cause the genocide it's like yeah this is the baby hitler problem right like do you kill yeah. baby hitler <laughs> well it's a baby hitler problem if if there were space aliens watching hitler and was like there oh, might have did. been like, you don't know <laughs> what if hitler was an alien <laughs> check out my new youtube channel <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know man like the, the first one, yeah, you have you can intercept that one, but the second one is the trolley problem, and I don't know how you go about intercepting that one. Like, with, with, a, like with your conscience. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. you lose both ways. That's the trolley problem. Yeah, and that's, you know, 
smarter men than we have pondered that exact problem for millennia. Yeah. Wow, what a question. Kevin writes, what are some good political video games? Let me tell you about this trolley problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Metal Gear Solid, that's really probably the best answer. Are we saying like realistic politics? There's no way, yeah. (laughs) There's there's no, like, I guess that you'd be looking at shit like like World, like 4X games that kind of simulate like wars and shit like that. Civilization. Because yeah, my mind was like, what's a good game involves politics? Metal Wolf Chaos. You're the president. Yeah. You got a giant robot. Let's go. That's a good political video game. Sure. Political video games. Yeah, I'm more on your, like, I, I don't, well, I'll meet like, you I'm halfway. having a I'll hard say, time coming up with ones that are, like, realistic to, like. I'll say Frostpunk. Like, Frostpunk is a good one because you're kind of controlling this weird, like, ter- this colony in a terrible situation. This war of mine is uh, saying a political message. It's not like political itself, but. Yeah, if we're going kind of like political messages, then I can kind of think of a bit more like Life is Strange 2 has some of that. Uh, yeah. Road 96, which is a cool visual novel. Papers, is please kind of... is a great answer. Yeah. Mm. Papers, please. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't think of many that are straight up like. Here are allegories for the American political system, and this is Tonald Trump. He's <laughs> he's the bad guy. <laughs> Those definitely exist. What the hell are they called now? Oh my god! Let are you thinking of the Twitch them. channel where Joe Biden and Trump just nonstop AI to <laughs> yell at each other? <laughs> no, uh, the political machine is what they're what it's called. Like these exist. Like I've heard of that political machine. Yeah, there's another one that I can't remember the name of. I'm trying to find two. Is this a game? Well, I mean, oh, the political machine I, 2020. Okay, I personally don't think so, but <laughs> yeah. I also don't play these types of games. Okay, uh, this thing has very positive on the reviews. Yeah, no, there are definitely, like, if you like political stuff, there are political video games where you, like, lead a campaign and do all that. They exist. They are 100% oh, okay. there for people. How come no one's talking about these? Because people don't like to talk about this politics. Is, this is Steam Thank Deck God. compatible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it is. <laughs> that's, that's, sure that's the thing where everyone's focusing on right now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Rasterman writes in and says, which of these would you rather do? Take a trip to the moon, skydive, scuba dive, or go on a cruise. The these fucking moon. The moon. These are all terrible. I'd rather die than do any of these. What? what? No. I hate that. I hate the ocean. I'm not going into it. I'm not, I hate heights and I don't like this is all the same thing of just like an existential nightmare if you are a claustrophobic. Okay, I mean, going on a cruise. Except the, the cruise. cruise is like the easy one, right? Sure, the crew like out of these the crews, but I don't want to be on a ship with a bunch of people for like a week. That sounds miserable. None of these. You still have your room you can go into. Like yeah, there's like there's water parks on cruises. They take stops at places for you to enjoy. Like that part would be okay. There's casinos and shows. Yeah, I don't care about any of that stuff. 
Well, yeah, the cruise is easy, the easiest option of the four, but the fucking moon. I want to go as long the as the moon, it, like, I'm coming back, right? It's not a one I way assume. trip to the moon. I'm assuming he doesn't it, say and doesn't come say back, it. but it's also, I'm going to assume opinion. round trip because this is otherwise a really shitty thing. Because well, I then I have to be like, all right, do I survive skydiving? Do I survive scuba diving? Do I get food poisoning on the cruise? Let's assume, let's yeah, assume good decency here. Everything goes well. Well, yeah, let me ask you it this, because in, in my opinion, the moon is the best is the best answer. It's the coolest one. It's, it's obviously the, the hardest one to do. Does, so does this change your mind, John? You'll come back from all of them, except the moon one is a one way trip. You can take it at any point in your life. What? <laughs> yeah, I'd retire on the moon. Well, well I'm just maybe like, when they colonize it or whatever. Like, because maybe that's something you do at the very end when you're like, hey, I'm I'm about to die in like my doctor says I have days. I'm what taking my, my fucking trip. suicide pact I got going on here. <laughs> I think I might do that. Like I'm like, no, you know, I'm like 93. Hopefully, at least. I'm going to the moon. No, no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm only taking that trip if it's if it's a round trip. Okay. Uh, Dead writes, Happy New Year's. You kick off 2024 by starting a game you haven't touched before. What's the likelihood that you'll play it in any year after 2024? Uh, I mean, assuming I enjoyed it, 80% probably. I don't know. Like, I yeah, play it, games all the time. It depends on how much I enjoyed the game at all. Or if it yeah. comes up on stream, which is the real actual kicker for me. Yeah, yours think, might be like a hundred percent as long as like there, you stream a, yeah. forever. <laughs> there's a very valid chance that yeah. yeah, something I play in 24 will come up in 25 or 26. I think the chance sure. that I would play it in a different year is like five percent. Yeah, for Sean, it's the lowest. For me, it's the highest. Yeah. Phantom Aegis writes: What crosses the line when collecting video game products and merch to hoarding? keeping it clean <laughs> I, don't, I think when you don't enjoy it anymore and you just have to a compulsion yeah like you're actually I, getting literally nothing out of it out other of it. than yeah. it is taking money out of your bank account and space on your shelf like you don't even play the game when it's Gee, negatively affecting your life directed towards <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 my stance is like the difference between hoarding and collecting is keeping it clean and organized if all this shit was just sure. on the floor, then I'm a hoarder. But since it's alphabetized, neatly displayed, and you can see my floor, I would. But what say if you got I'm to a, a point where you had so many that like it was getting hard to go through the room? Like you started putting shelves in the middle, and like walkways were getting a little obscured. Like it's still clean and or and organized. You just have more than the space allows for i've technically been at that point for years <laughs> I'm, I'm like i said you can see the floor and stuff like that um because i think of like almost like you know when you go into like an antique shop and there's just like so much shit there but it is all yeah. on shelves it's like this yeah, yeah. If, if if this was someone's home i would still think this is like hoarding yeah sure the clean thing, that's a good part. Yeah, if you're if everything's clean, that's a good one. No weird smells. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No dead cats. Yeah. Yeah, no dead cats. I think that's yeah. that's just the big kicker is just organizing. 
Because like most hoarders are just like there's just piled stuff everywhere. So yeah, and yeah. I think yeah, if you're still getting like actual enjoyment out of it, and it's not like hurting something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey zero ex. Oops, sorry. No, go on, go on. Hey zero ex says, if you had to change your voice for one from a video game character, who would that be? Okay, so if you're changing your voice to a video game character, yeah, who would that be? So, so what voice serious actor answer, do I like? Ooh, yeah. serious <laughs> answer and funny answer, please. Bonus answer: select a female character to have as your new voice. The female one, I didn't have one in the top of my head, but someone in the chat mentioned the Baldur's Gate three narrator, and her voice is pretty. Yeah, great. she's great. She's, she's got a really good voice. I would yeah. take that. Um, the only one that came to the head is the guy who does uh, the main character in Final Fantasy 16, Clive's. I don't know the voice. Clive's of his voice name. is very he's, good. He's got a pretty oh, cool yeah. voice. I wouldn't mind that. Troy Baker's got a totally fine voice. I was thinking Nolan North. I was thinking, uh, was it what's his name that did Travis Touchdown? Rowan Atkin Downs or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, also, who's the dude who did Chris Redfield and Sonic? His is also pretty good. Did you say Sonic's movies. voice actor? Sonic's voice yeah. actor is also Chris Redfield's voice oh, actor, yes. Okay, I don't know. There's plenty of, like, voices I can think of that are, like, pretty solid. My, here's my funny answer. Uh, you can tell because it's going to be pretty funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's already got me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want, I want, you know, because Vegeta and Piccolo have the same voice actor, but Vegeta has a way that he talks, so I want specifically Vegeta's cadence to his speak. I want that voice. Mondo cool. That's right, okay. boys. Uh, yeah. funny answer. Kirby. Not funny enough. <laughs> uh, not funny enough. Good. No. <laughs> Paul, did you say a voice actor at any point? Um, so I agreed with you with Final Fantasy 16, but then okay. I don't because I didn't. I was thinking the wrong character, not Clive, but Sid. Right? Oh, Sid, that I, would be a great him. one too. That's and yeah. he's in um, Diablo as well. Yes, I love his uh, voice. That guy's in a ton of stuff. Be him. That's a very yeah. cool voice for sure. And you got the you get the accent. I mean, uh, Clive's has an accent too, but Sid's re- yeah. he really has an accent. Yeah. Funny answer. Better make it funny. Mario, he's available, right? I hate Mario's voice. He says wowie zowie a lot now. Oh, does he? I actually didn't watch that stream, so I do not know Mario's new voice. Wowie zowie. Hmm. They all say it, apparently. They're trying to make it a thing. Oh, <laughs> they all say it. It's so weird. <laughs> All these One of my friends was like, I hate them trying to make it a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have a funny answer. Okay. Well, we'll call on you next yeah. week. Thanks anyways, though. Uh, yeah. If you want to send character, in a question. go Jennifer Hale. So. Yep, that's Female her. character, Great. anything Laura Bailey does. I yep, love there her. There you go. Oh, that, yeah, that's a really good answer for sure. Absolutely. Um, Top down perspective at gmail.com is the email address at TDP podcast on Twitter, the discord channel or John's PO box are all great ways to send in questions for next week. What is your game of the week? Void stranger. Easy. I probably, Prince of Persia was really good, but I probably also got to give it a void stranger. All right. Mine is Starfield. 
Thanks everyone for listening. Welcome back, John. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.